0: Yeah, I was gonna say having two noises in there is not gonna be helpful.
1: (laughs) Yep, I noticed it immediately, (laughs) and I was like, "Oh, that waveform looks like a disaster."
0: (laughs) Did you not like? I assumed that you were doing that to try and be funny. How do you accidentally do that?
1: I just got kind of caught up in like, yeah. like my name, Kapow, clap, <laughs> and then like it just like it just happened. I didn't think about like, oh, I'm gonna like click my tongue when I clap.
0: The, cl- the cluck of your tongue just came straight from your soul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just like welled up within me, and just like I just couldn't hold it in. It just like overwhelmed me and flowed out through me. Like, nice. like, like it was just meant to happen.
0: I don't yeah. know. It was a religious experience.
1: Yeah. Felt like the Lord was speaking through my soul. I don't know. All right, great <laughs> <Keep> that out. <laughs> That'd be great.
0: You won't. It's fine. Uh, I no, I will not. <laughs> I've been. Being, I've been pretty lazy in the editing the past couple weeks.
1: Oh, I know.
0: I mean, mostly you've out of necessity. Busy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you've had. You've had stuff to do.
0: Yeah. That well, I have.
1: Busy. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I'm yeah. tired. So. Oh man. Ugh. Mm -hmm. We both now have brothers-in-law.
1: Congratulations. I know it's such... Your accomplishment, you did so much work to make it happen.
0: So congratulations. I didn't actively, uh, you know, destroy the possibility of things. Okay. I'd like to believe that I'm at least a small part in helping uh, grease the skids, you know?
1: Okay. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't like i know you probably like yeah there would be a possible way to you find for you to find the power to like destroy something but like the amount of effort that it would take i
0: feel like no, I, know. Just... I mean i think i agree but i do think that having positive interactions with siblings does yes. improve things
1: yes yeah
0: so i can at least claim that mm-hmm. nice but yeah so now i'm tired Was it
1: a fun affair
0: It was. It was very nice. It's obviously tough, given the whole world situation, to Mm -hmm. find the right balance. But I think that we did as much as was reasonable. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the entire ceremony was outside. Um, There's a nice social hour outside as well. And even people who, like, wanted to stay for dinner but weren't comfortable being inside could, you know, go inside quickly, get their food, and eat outside. Oh, nice. Um, So it it was pretty... Well done, I think, considering everything, Um, and everyone seemed to have a good time. It was very nice being at a wedding that wasn't, like, for, like, an older cousin that I don't know. Like, the last wedding that I went to, I was probably, like, 16, and uh, all the weddings, it's like, you know, you're there, and I'm there with, like, my sisters and a couple of younger cousins, and you get pulled on to, like, the dance floor with, like, your aunt, Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like, all right, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was rarely in the mood for that. I wanted to go find some games to play or something. Um, mm-hmm. But this time, A, I was older. B, I had a date. And C, just kind of the way things worked out, there were very few small children there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So it was actually like, it was a pretty nice situation because of all that. Um. So you got to, you know, hang out with people my age and didn't have to feel super as super weird dancing. Part of that is that I'm just older, so I know that there's no reason to try and feel too cool for the dance floor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we had a good time. It was fun. Yeah. It was very very well put together. Good. Um, yeah. But what I really wanted to tell you about mm-hmm. in relation to this, so I mm-hmm. am, I was a groomsman, which I think I mentioned mm-hmm. to you, and uh, um, my sister's now husband you know got all the groomsmen and his two (sighs) ushers you know a little gift yeah and so you know my older sister her the gifts for the bridesmaids she brought into the rehearsal dinner and they're you know nice little pink gift bags you know stuffed Mm -hmm. with tissue paper and there's some things in there
1: super cute
0: and her husband brought in five white cardboard boxes with our names scrawled on them Heck yeah, and they were all dented. Heck yeah, and I was like, "What the heck?" And all the bridesmaids took their bags like immediately, and none of the guys got up to take theirs. So we all just sat around <laughs> throughout the entirety of the rehearsal dinner until, um, you know, my sister's husband finally grabbed them and started passing them out to us. <laughs> and inside, what I, I one thing that I knew was going to be in there was masks that they had go- that they had uh, purchased. So mm-hmm. they got they had a nice mask mask situation. All the groomsmen and ushers had plain black masks that are ac- that's mm-hmm. easily the most comfortable mask I've worn so far. like it fits nice. my face the best. Cool. Um, the uh, uh, bridesmaids all got matching pink ones mm-hmm. and then uh my sister and her husband each got they got a black and a white mask anti-respectively i guess you know her husband had a black one she had a white one mm-hmm. that said like you know uh like brief info about their wedding you know mm-hmm. so it was like menzel 2020 Aww. Um, and then they That's got cute yeah and then they got masks for everyone at the who attended that <gasps> said this Ooh. is my party mask hashtag <sighs> 2020 or whatever it said Okay, uh, that's ridiculous. a, like,
1: good sense of humor yeah. that I love. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: um, so, yeah, so they had that, and so I got my, bl- my plain black mask, you know, and then I pull out a really nice wooden grill spatula with my name carved <gasps> on it. Ooh. It's r- so that's why the box was dented. It was too long for the box. <laughs> so we, like, slammed it in sideways and had to dent it. <laughs> cool. But yeah, it is really nice. Like, obviously, I have no use for it quite yet, um, but it'll be there for whenever I have a grill and can make use of it, and, like, it's really nice. It has, a, it has two bottle openers on it, <laughs> one on the handle, <laughs> and, like, the end of the handle is a bottle opener, and the base of the actual spatula part has a little cutout that is also a bottle opener. <laughs> Wait, is it all wooden? No, no, no. So, like, oh, the... Okay. So like the, you know, like, like a grill spatula typically is, it is two pieces of wood with a metal running through it. Yes. Basically, right.
1: Now I'm picturing it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I was imagining like a wooden spoon, but a grill spatula. Oh, no, no. no. That would obviously be very bad. Yeah. I was like, well, it sounds nice, but it also sounds impractical. (laughs) But like this, that sounds like a great like groomsman gift.
0: Yeah. It it was really nice. I mean, I never really thought about him getting us anything because like Mm -hmm. he paid for our like tux rental and stuff oh, wow that's um, a nice gesture too yeah chill guy um, are you
1: supposed to do that i don't know exactly
0: I-, <laughs> I don't know either <laughs> okay but now Sweet. it's like the president is set so like that's kind of what i'm aiming for because it is a nice thing to be able to do if you can mm-hmm. you know um but in either case so i wasn't expecting anything but this was it was a nice surprise um one of the groomsmen used it uh earlier today Gave it a test run. Was the first one to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. They uh, gave it a rave review. So Nice. Yeah. So we had a good time. It was nice. It was, it was like a lot. It was like, you know, for basically the entire weekend, I was pretty like just, you know, I just need to do what I need to do. I need to help make sure that everything goes well for my sister. Um, help decorate, all that sort of stuff. Be around to, you know, be at places on time participate in all the pictures appropriately and everything mm-hmm. um i had to read something for the service for the ceremony mm-hmm. um yeah, so that went fine I yeah nice um and like for the most part i was it was all just like a it's just like a good time you know like i i honestly did get like a little emotional watching her watching uh her and my dad come up um mm-hmm. that was like the only time that it sort of like hit me in a weird way yeah um, and then the rest of the, the rest of the ceremony was me being very nervous about having to read this Bible passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone said I did a good job. So my, you know, as I, yeah, sorry, I probably didn't mention this to use my podcasting voice. <laughs> and like, I swear, not even like family, but just random people were like, you have such a nice speaking voice. <laughs> 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 you project very well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so anyway, you know, so everything was good. And for the most part, it didn't feel like that much. And even like, I could tell like this with my sister, she was excited, but at the same time, it's like, she just has the same sort of emotional way about things where it's like, she's excited for the event, but like they've been living together, you know, like it doesn't feel like that different in the aftermath, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was kind of my feeling as well, but then but just today driving back it was it was in Lacrosse. So it was like a 3-hour drive back. And I'm just like, man, that was actually like way more emotionally draining in net than I like thought it would be. Mhm. Like it just was just a lot more than it felt in any particular moment.
1: Yeah, you know. When when you say emotionally draining, do you mean like the emotions of the day and the event were draining or that because of all of the things that you're not used to doing, like kind of being restricted by these time tables that are provided by others, like mm-hmm. then it was emotionally. Gra- no, it was draining.
0: no. I mean, the timetable is definitely not. There was hardly much of a, t- of a timetable. It was actually really okay. straightforward what we had to do okay. um, on it, it, it. I'm sure part of it was also is partially just the introvert side of me of like, man, we spent, you know, eight hours around close family and friends dancing and drinking and talking and stuff like that was just a lot like just sensory Mm -hmm. overload i'm sure yep but even just like thinking back on it um just like it it, like it is an emotional thing obviously Mm -hmm. and uh, at any given time i was not like overcome with emotion about the fact that she was getting married Mm -hmm. but after the fact i was like yeah that was like a big thing mm-hmm. you know and, and some of the things like you know i when i i know when i talked to you about when i was asked to be a groomsman and i felt kind of weird about it you know like oh like i don't need to be like doing that like he has his he has friends that could be doing this instead you know like it's a nice it's a nice gesture but like meh yeah and then but but looking back it's like no i i actually really appreciate that like i'm really happy that i was able to be like Close up, so to speak, for the entire thing. You know, I was able to be very directly involved and not just because I'm the brother, like who's there to help because I'm the brother, but like I'm a part of the wedding party Mm -hmm. and got to sort of participate in all of that. And, you know, in in, like the pictures and stuff, I'm not just like dressed like some guy going to a wedding, I'm dressed like a groomsman Mm -hmm. and everything. You know, like I, in hindsight, I appreciate that a lot more than I thought I would have going into Mm -hmm. it. Interesting. Yeah.
1: So, like, it kind of mattered to you a little bit. Like, you didn't think it would, but it, it was somewhat meaningful.
0: Yeah, I think that I, I, it's hard for me to, like, extrapolate backwards and forwards how I would feel if I were never asked and did all the stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I, I'm not sure I would feel, like, upset or annoyed or frustrated or anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I definitely appreciate the fact that i got to be a part of it in that way
1: Mm -hmm. so do you feel it's kind of one of those things like if it never happened you wouldn't have known you missed out on something
0: but i think so now that it since there's no expectation on my end Mm -hmm. you know
1: interesting yeah cool well i'm glad it was like a good time and that you sounded like you enjoyed yourself and like enjoyed the experience overall
0: definitely you know, it was a nice, it was a nice, you know, it never really occurred to me, but I forget who said this to me, if it was today or yesterday or whatever, but, you know, Aaron and I are going back to California this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so know, it's pointed out like, oh yeah, that's kind of like the ending to your summer. Oh like yeah. Like the end of your time here. And it's like four more days and then you're just gone, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah, that actually is, that probably is maybe a subconscious part of it being more draining as well. Mm-hmm. i was like i get to kind of go out with a bang seeing a bunch of family that i haven't seen for all, you know a couple of years or whatever mm-hmm. um and do all that sort of stuff yeah. as opposed to like it probably would have felt very different in many ways if this had been what it was originally going to be which was i fly back on like a wednesday or thursday you know uh-huh. take a day yeah. take a couple of days off work drive down with like my parents like whoever i drive down with um and mm-hmm. do all the stuff and it's like also a wedding that would be twice as large and having seen the venue I don't really know how we would fit like almost twice <laughs> yeah. the number of people yep. I, like I can't even like picture that happening but mm-hmm. um, you know a lot more people would have come or stayed longer and it, it would have been a very different experience I think mm-hmm. obviously this is like not ideal like there are people who we obviously really wanted to be able to see who couldn't come um mm-hmm. But I, I think that it has a bit more impact that I'm not just like flying back for this briefly, you know, seeing my sisters for a few days or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been able to see way more of the build up since I've been home of like, oh, mm-hmm. we're figuring out all the details. We have to figure out whether this is even gonna happen. Like like I got to at least hear a lot more about it than I would have otherwise where I would have just kind of shown up. <laughs> you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it was good it made me uh i was talking to the groomsmen and i was you know because they're all a few years older than me and they were agreeing that like you know they are now in the middle of this and we are and you and i are slowly entering the like five to ten year period where we are likely going to be attending lots of these things with groups of friends, you know.
1: Yeah. Speak for yourself. I don't have that many good friends. Well, I
0: know. But you know what I mean. <laughs> at least like two. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, and so that was that was another thing It's just like this is kinda like the kickoff point. Mm-hmm. Of at least some stuff starting to happen. And obviously it'll be spread out, but it's kind of like this like weird next stage in our lives, you know? Mm-hmm where, like, more adult things keep happening to us adults. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and it's almost like... It, it, I think it's very helpful to actually see, that like, you know, my sister and her husband go through this process mm-hmm. a bit more directly and see how they handle it and everything. So, at least it helps that they were, I think, a positive guide. Obviously, there are other situations that you could imagine where, you know... <laughs> It's uh not that helpful yep. in that yep. all it does is tell you things that you already knew shouldn't happen, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but luckily that was not the case for them. Yeah, they were excellent. To
1: a groomzilla and stuff.
0: That's right. <laughs> no, they were they were both great. Uh, yeah. So. Nice. Yep. Alrighty. Oh, no, no. <laughs> That's enough emotion. Yeah. Time for the japes.
1: Oh God. The
0: tomfoolery
1: this is not a good segue into whatever. We'll just go with it. Let's no, go. I know. I know.
0: You already kind of <laughs> relatively told me what you were going to talk about, so. <laughs> uh, okay. Grant has brought Ziggy by Tom Wilson and Tom. Is that just Tom the Second or Tom Ill?
1: I think. I assumed it was Tom the Second, but I honestly have no idea. I need to like
0: I don't have a I'll capital look I I'll to look compare it up to. look you roll with it. Okay, I'm zooming in, and it's definitely a double I, so I'm going to say Tom the Second. Okay. That's why I guess. Uh, anyway, so we have the titular character, Ziggy, standing in front of some sort of a vending-type machine, and it has a single slot to put in some coins and a single output... Um, you know, little spot and nothing that you can see inside of it but written on top of it um, we see that it takes uh, 50 cents to use the machine and the machine says a risk you're willing to take Hoo-hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo-hoo.
1: so while, I, while you're reading that, I quickly researched this comic, and I wanted to share this because I think it's interesting. So, it is Tom II, I believe, because the comic was started by Tom Wilson, and then in the late 80s, his son took over writing and drawing for the comic strip. Oh, nice. So, that's kind of a cool thing. Like I didn't, I didn't know there were comic strips that did that, that like...
0: Yeah. yeah. Radical. Cool.
1: But anyway, <clears throat> now that we've had that bit of a wholesome moment and <laughs> Mark's wonderful, wholesome uh, intro to this episode, I want to talk about uh, Risk. And I know we've we definitely have talked about Risk before, and I feel like That's you kind of shut a, me down. It's not
0: a great game. In some ways.
1: But... What do you mean it's not a great game? Like, talk about Risk or, like... No, the game so we... Risk. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Risk either.
0: Were you there but... when we played Riskopoly? No, thank God. I thought you were. Oh, that's right. It was Matt who was there, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. It probably was.
0: That was that was a good game. That was way better than Risk or Monopoly. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'll die on that hill.
1: Good for you, Mark.
0: <laughs> also, I'll I'll... But... I'll, uh... Um group together my troops to go die on that hill
1: (laughs) okay okay you'll you'll assemble them yes that's right okay well anyway so i had the idea for this kind of discussion a few weeks ago um and i kind of saved it because it was something i wanted to talk to you about because i thought you'd have interesting opinions on it but i was watching a youtube video as as some do um and i'd fallen into an odd youtube hole about the hbo series about chernobyl that came out i don't know how long ago like recently
0: yeah a year or two ago
1: yeah um and it was i ended up watching it led me to this video that was in analysis of like it was like discussing the concepts of chernobyl but it focused on putting it in the light of some work that came immediately after the actual events of Chernobyl um by a sociologist a German sociologist and it was talking about um kind of how risk and how Chernobyl shows demonstrates concepts of risk in a modern society and some of the difficult things for society in terms of dealing with risk um Specifically, it talked about kind of the ideas of modern risk and how like modern risks such as buying something from a vending machine that you have no idea what it is are like fundamentally different from more traditional risk in terms of just like how we can understand them and conceptualize them. And then more importantly, how those differences in the risk of a modern society then like cause certain things to happen within a society, like certain societal changes or needs for um, like institutions to help manage certain risks. And just how I don't know, it was, it was an interesting idea to me. And so I just kind of wanted to bring it up to you and just start by kind of more blanketly asking you about, like, do you think that There are a lot of risks in a modern society that, like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: are hard for people to deal with. I'm kind of writing you a blank check here. If you don't want a blank check, I can give you a more filled in one. But. Mm
0: -hmm. So, the one thing that I can. Like, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around what precisely we're trying to talk about. So, Mm -hmm. one thing that I can say is that, yes, definitely. The nature of risks taken typically has shifted over the years. In that, um, for example, I would say at least the type of risk that you have by just, say, going outside is drastically mm. different. Okay. You know, I'm going to. So, but please, yeah, if I'm totally off the mark of what we're even talking about, tell me. No, I-
1: yeah i'm gonna slam the brakes a little bit and try to redirect you so i'm talking about like risks that have come about because of a modern society and you were i think you were kind of on the right track but like i'm thinking about risks such as like pollution and widespread like pandemic style illnesses like crime and like some of the risks that are happening from like modernization and like the kind of gradual growth of technology in our personal lives and the because i feel like those sorts of kind of like external and like manufactured risks are something that are very different and so like cycling back to the original idea of like this youtube video that i got this that i was thinking about this from was like chernobyl and like radiation is like a. Is okay a,
0: so we're talking about risks to society slash humanity yes that that have grown or just kind of come about okay um so for some of the things that you mentioned i think the way that the risk manifests itself in mm-hmm. modern day is more an amplification of a problem that humans already had like it's something that's amplified by the growth in population and the efficiency with which we do things Mm -hmm. overall humans have always been garbage at conservation. It's just that there were few enough that it didn't matter.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, like uh, there is not proper, at least I I could be off the mark. I'm sure there are some societies who figured stuff out faster than others um, who are specialized in certain things so maybe you do have a better c- conservation-minded nature. Um, but if we just take a things like pollution and water, uh, well, that's been pretty bad for a long time. It wasn't until we had septic systems that we could sort of fix that sort of a thing. <laughs> um, or farming, you know. If you have many orders of magnitude fewer people, the fact that you can farm out land or like over farm a piece Mm -hmm. of land Mm -hmm. and you have erosion or you have, you know, nutrient depletion Mm -hmm. that is far less of an issue than it is now. But it's still, it's still, it was a thing. It was still a risk. It's just Mm -hmm. that it couldn't be amplified to the point that it mattered. Mm -hmm. But given, I think, I think that that's really the big thing. It's just like the efficiency with which we do things and the growth in population Affects, like, uh, makes it so that we are able to perceive these things as problems, even though in a certain way they were already problems. Um, so I think a lot of the like physical or mm. environmental things were already a, an issue. Uh, modern stuff, like the modern risks that actually developed, I think are things that lie entirely with things that were invented. Very recently. So. Uh, for example. The reliance on just. The existence of the power grid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's a huge problem. Most modern post-apocalyptic novels. They're only interest. Like let's say. You know 400 years ago. Even. Quote unquote mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic. Would be more or less meaningless. You know like. Uh, things can't necessarily spread quite as badly, um, and uh, there's not as much that would actually be affected because mm-hmm. there's there's fewer layers to society in that way. Mm-hmm. And now there's like there there is a much like larger just set of things that have to be dealt with to have the life that we want to have. You know, and so the risk is not. Or I guess I guess the risk is that it's much harder to maintain the level of comfort we have built for ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's just because we consider the level of comfort of a hundred years ago basically barbaric. You know, except for the most affluent. But even then, who wants to be, you know, doing stuff in a pre-Tungsten light bulb days? Light bulb days. You know, who wants to go do everything by candlelight? You know, yeah, we had clocks within the last 300 years or whatever. Um, but even that was just for very, you know, only certain things that really mattered. A lot of people mm-hmm. were still just working based on the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of like my general take is like there are there definitely are a change in the risks that have developed. But I'm not sure. I mean, I kind of forgot the all the ones that you initially listed. Mm-hmm. But the ones that have actually like either changed in a way that they are would not be familiar to someone a hundred years ago or have just come out of nowhere are ones that are very focused on technology. So you have the power grid, we have um, you know a, a similar timeline i would imagine is like the interstate freeway system in the u.s mm-hmm. that's a something from like the 50s <laughs> you know like that's relatively new and uh, you know we rely on that we rely on air travel like there's so much like logistically mm-hmm. and, but again all those logistics are to maintain the certain comfort and familiarity familiarity we have right now so having fully stocked shelves in your local grocery store, being able to get an Amazon package in two days. All that sort of stuff is like a logistics problem. And we've been solving logistics problems since the Pony Express. It's just that we have way higher standards now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so the obvious one that is completely different in many ways would be the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reliance on that for a lot of things. I think that that's really the biggest um, risk that we take is with its kind of existence and the way that it works, especially now that, like, you know, like how Amazon Web Services runs, like, 70% of the, you know, easily accessible internet. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Okay. So, I I hesitate to, like, delve too far into, like philosophical or no no sociological ideas that like i don't understand and like i don't know much about like these ideas but like would you it seems like a lot of the the things that you've been listing as like quote unquote like risks of a modern society are like things that like risks that are created by a modern society and like they are a product of it rather than like risks that exist because we are humans and we are alive in a world because like like risks that humans would encounter like way 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 back like being attacked by an animal and killed like that's mm-hmm. not a risk that it was really created necessarily by them
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was a risk that just like existed versus a lot of the risks that you described are all like focused on like the modernization that has occurred in the world and the fact that like these risks are a direct result of the fact that like okay yeah like we wouldn't have any internet associated risks without an internet
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um or like we wouldn't have to worry about pollution without like people in a modernized way polluting
0: uh no that's not what i was saying there i'm saying that things like the internet are the actual modern society problems things like pollution are things that we always had to contend with as humans, but humans a long time ago did not know or care because it did not Mm. clearly immediately affect them.
1: See, I would argue that long enough ago, it wasn't a concern because it didn't matter. Because it was in a way that the environment naturally dealt with said pollution.
0: But I don't think... Okay, so... This is where we're just kind of going, like, you know, we have our initial feelings about a topic, mm-hmm. and we'd actually need to look up stuff to confirm or deny things. Okay. Uh, I believe that there are several examples out there of not very large populations either completely overhunting an area or over farming or whatever, even in a very small society a long time ago. Yeah, you know, so so it's I suppose it, it might also depend on what line are we drawing in the sand for modern versus not modern.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is the late 1700s modern?
1: I would say yes. Okay. Like, like, if there's, like, countries and large societies, that's what I would be defining as modern in this case.
0: Um, Okay, so so maybe I was just so... The reason that I'm not framing it that way, or that mm -hmm. in my head it wasn't, is because we started this with a conversation about things like Chernobyl. yeah, yeah. Very not 1700s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A very different thing. That's like a very technologically advanced thing. But I, Um,
1: I think the risks are like they're a... It's not like it went from suddenly like there's not these types of risks to there are. It's like a progression, but there were how I'm choosing to define it, which I haven't explained to you here, but like there were modern risks that existed, but like there are progressively more and more as technology has further and further advanced and we have become more and more modernized.
0: But I still think that in a lot of situations what is advanced is not necessarily the risk itself. I mean okay, yes, it has to a certain extent. but I don't think that the risk itself, has risen so much as our understanding of the risks and our acknowledgement of the risks Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so like let's keep talking about things like conservation
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: so the reason i explicitly said like late 1700s okay late 1700s by that point you know large swaths of like beaver and otter populations were wiped out of europe or foxes, mm-hmm. or whatever. Lots of these mm-hmm. things for things like hats and coats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just completely wiped out. Not for a super large population, but, like, it was done. You know? Um...
1: Mm-hmm. But I would say, like, for... Yeah. I would argue that's, like, modernization. Like, why were... Why did everyone need these hats that were made out of beaver? And, like, why were the populations... I would argue that the populations... I don't know much about this,
0: but... Yeah, but, but so... so the, the point where I was getting, I'm sorry, kind of like pause there. I was trying to oh, regather sorry. my thoughts. No, you're fine. Um, is that that was an issue. I think conservation has always been an issue. But back then, I don't think that that was treated as an issue. Mm. It was not necessarily an issue that we hunted out all the foxes in the UK because we have an infinite amount of land over in the Americas to go hunt foxes and beavers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that the, I mean, of course, one could argue that we are not nearly as far ahead in such thinking as we should be, but in all, there is at least more conversations out there, I think, a lot more awareness, um, that can be effectively communicated in an even more modern society. Like, it's the awareness and study of these problems, um, Kind of like, I mean, I guess, you know, so, so I guess I can kind of agree with some aspects of the 1700s or whatever being modern for some mm-hmm. arguments here. Because we have things like, um, you know, a, a common thing is, you know, science happens when things are sufficiently advanced that people have leisure. Mm-hmm. You know, all the like 16 and 1700s scientists, especially like the physicists and chemists were just a bunch of rich people who could sit around and mess around with things. Mm-hmm. And do tabletop science, and you know, the ancient Greeks, even though they were not like as technologically advanced as us, they were at a sufficient level of comfort and peace to sit around and have schools of thought to just like do things,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And so I think that that's the big difference there. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I I still feel like it's, like, the awareness that has grown more than the problems. But I don't mm-hmm. have anything to back that up.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I have, like, follow-up questions, but I don't know if we want to move on or not.
0: Eh, I'm fine either way. My comic's not very exciting.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll ask one follow-up question. So, regardless of if the actual risks have changed or the just awareness of them has changed i think we can both agree that how these risks affect society has changed cuz it sounds like is that correct
0: like I'm that not sure can you say have, more
1: about that did they i guess rather than how they affect society that risks have a more direct effect on society because we are they are either fundamentally different and thus affect society or we are much more aware of them thus they affect society like for example as you were talking about pollution like now we're more aware of it so it's affecting how we live our lives
0: i suppose that's fair um of course one could argue that if we weren't aware of certain of particular issues and we let them go undiscovered or uncared about that would have a larger effect Mm -hmm. right like as an undiagnosed an undiagnosed and untreated problem is typically going to be worse
1: Mm -hmm. but eventually you discover it and then it has a severe effect
0: well again yes but like you know this is like a weird almost like a trolley problem you know yeah what's what's because we can't say worse we know which one is worse but which one has a greater effect um i'll, I'll go straight to a very you know dire example um you know well i, I don't want to say that um <laughs> okay fine i'll say it no but you have no. to you have to help me my conscious i can always cut it out and say something different okay I i was going to say what's worse like not catching anything until you find out that you have stage five cancer or catching it early and doing some chemotherapy mm. mm-hmm. and maybe getting better, maybe not, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's that shot. Yeah. You know, and, and that's like, you know, an unfair it. thing to talk about, like, you know, for people who have dealt with such things either directly or indirectly, like I got uh-huh. that, but that's the first like kind of human specific thing. That I could think of. It's like yeah. I, I can't claim which of those has a greater effect, but I know that um, it's a really shitty
1: like philosophical or moral or personal problem or question yeah, but, to ask.
0: So I suppose we can at least say you know because this is the thing I guess is when I when I think of an effect, the ones that matter more I think are the ones that have a negative effect, and so if we are saying even if you're saying that. Let's just pretend that I 100% agree that acknowledging and diagnosing, like, climate change or conservation efforts has a greater effect on society than maintaining the norm for the time being. It's a more positive effect. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's tough because we're because now we're you know we're also conflating like effects versus the risk of something, mm-hmm. which is hard to conceptualize. Yeah,
1: and maybe that's somewhat the point of the idea of these risks is that they're hard to conceptualize and thus they're difficult for societies to deal with. Yeah, I don't mm. know now i'm really wishing that i'd read like okay wait actually i'll read after i'm (laughs) now really wishing wishing that i'd like really delved into like wikipedia on this topic and like actually (laughs) learned about it first but this has been so much fun for me yeah good i hope it's been fun for you too.
0: it has been it's been interesting to think about wonderful well all right time for a little levity (laughs) okay
1: The Other Coast by Adrian Rayside. So we have Frankenstein's monster. It appears to be standing in front of a refrigerator holding a glass of water. And there are refrigerator magnets all over. Oh, they're all over the fridge. And some of them are jumping off the fridge. And smacking onto the face of Frankenstein's monster and sticking to him. And it says, For Frankenstein, a simple trip to the fridge for a glass of milk was always an ordeal. And during this exchange between Frankenstein's monster and the fridge, he's thinking, I hate fridge magnets.
0: Alright, so first thing. Yeah. Should we uh, should we be pedantic and type as a comment under our account that it's Frankenstein's monster, not Frankenstein?
1: I don't know if we want to be those people, but it's also, <laughs> also like, important to me. But also, I don't really want to be those people.
0: Uh, that's fair. Um, okay, then I won't. Uh, what do you think about fridge magnets, Grant?
1: Hilariously, I just put
0: I don't know. Okay, no, I'm just gonna go back to it.
1: I don't know how I feel about them. Like, we definitely had them growing up, but like, my fridge has a picture that has magnets on the back on it. Um, I have two chip clips that just happen to have magnets on it, so that's where I store them, cause it's easy access. And then I just, like, put one, like, decorative magnet on it today, just for, I was gonna say for, just for funsies, but like, it's really just because it was laying on my table and I wanted to clean off my table. So I threw it on the fridge so I, it had a place. Nice. Do you have strong feelings about fridge magnets or are they just like... No, I,
0: I'm more just waiting for, you know, whatever that... I, I want to know under what conditions a flip is switched in the brain where your fridge magnets suddenly become a desired thing, either as a small gift or like a touristy thing. I have uh-huh. a single fridge magnet, which my mom purchased for me. It, it is of a salamander. Mm-hmm. So, that's the start to my collection, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll let you know. I'll, I'll make a note to remind you whenever I start having a real hankering for more fridge magnets.
1: Yeah. I wish yeah. I had a cool one, like a salamander. So
0: there you go. It's already been switched in your brain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Don't you mean flipped in my brain? doesn't matter switched on
0: the switch was switched on it could be flipped as well okay okay
1: sweet okay coolio okay are we talking about more about this or are we good oh okay